0: get started learn more about high yield cash accounts at betterment.com investing involves risk performance is not guaranteed cash reserve offered through betterment llc and betterment securities betterment is not a bank if you've ever been in the market for a new home you know home shopping can be a lot there's so much you don't know and so much you need to know what are the neighborhoods like what are the schools like who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information, all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Friday, April 9th. And we are here to try to take the mystery out of your financial life. We are here to answer your questions. If you have a question, send us a note. It's very easy to do. Ready? Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. Or if you're on the JillOnMoney.com website, hit the contact button. It's so easy. That's what Erica did. And she writes I'm a big fan of the podcast, appreciate all the sound financial advice. I have a relatively simple question, I think. My husband and I filed our taxes as married filing separately this year because of student loan reasons. Hmm. That's interesting. I wonder what those reasons were. I know this means we cannot contribute directly to a Roth IRA. But is there any reason we can't do a backdoor Roth? If you, here's the rule, if you lived with your spouse at any time during the year and your modified adjusted gross income is less than $10,000, you can contribute a reduced amount to a Roth IRA. Huh. You can't contribute anything at all if you make $10,000 or more. How about that? Well, that sucks. (laughs) Okay. So uh, my guess is you probably can't do a backdoor Roth for the exact same reason. I'm not sure I would take the risk, especially if this is a one year only thing. Michelle says she loves the show. She listens every day. She received a $3,000 bonus. Yay. And I'm wondering, can I use that to fund my Roth IRA as a catch up on a 2020 contribution? Last year, I contributed $3,750 and I'm on track this year to contribute $6,000, but I've heard I can add to last year's as long as it's by April 15th. Yes, you can. Absolutely. But your max is still $6,000 if you're under the age of 50. 7000 if you're over the age of 50. Yes, do it by April 15th. Very smart. Oh, actually, I think funding your IRA is to your tax filing deadline, right, Mark? So you may even have till May 17th. I don't know if you already did. If you so, can you still, you can, you're going to have to amend your taxes. You have to actually let them know that you did it. So you have to amend 2020. It's easy. It's a super easy amendment. Okay. Really, just do it. So, you can add after you've filed, you've got to amend the return. Okay, do that. Um, oh, and Michelle says, I echo everyone that has said that you've been a lifeboat this past year. Thank you and Mark for all you do. Michelle. Oh, Mark. Thanks, Michelle. Chris wants to know about rolling over a traditional IRA into a Roth. Okay, I'm 49 years old, married, filing separately. What is this? Two of these. It's crazy. I, I mean, this is two more than we've had in the last five years, probably. Pre-pandemic, I made too much money to qualify for a Roth. In 2020, my income went from 396. Is it 300? Does, does this person mean 96,000 to 50,000? Mm. Anyway, I think you do. I'm in a significantly lower tax bracket than previously. My traditional IRA has $266,000. I don't have any other retirement accounts besides that one. I do have several taxable accounts. Due to the strong stock market performance, my IRA grew significantly over the past few years. I wish I could save some taxes in the future by rolling it to a Roth IRA, even if the tax implications would be significant at this point. I'm hoping that the portfolio will grow over years so I can harvest some of my planted money. That's cute. If my business goes back to normal, I estimate annual income about two hundred fifty thousand, starting again in twenty twenty two. Should I roll over now, pay those taxes, or keep it in the traditional, knowing when I take the money out, I will be in a lower tax bracket? Chris in Los Angeles. Do you have money outside of this account to pay the taxes? Yes, you do. You say you have money in outside. Um, You have to obviously pay capital gains on what's outside of the retirement account, but I would certainly consider at least a conversion of a chunk of that money. Okay. Married filing separately. Here's the deal. Your 24% is up to 163,000. And then married filing separately, 32% is at 163 to 207. So I would convert enough to stay in your 24% bracket for married filing separately. I'm just fascinated by this. I'm going to have to start writing about married filing separately so I can do some research on this. Really interesting. Okay, let's do uh, some real estate questions. People love that. Matt's a huge fan of the show. And he says he he found the show after his brother shared it with him in January. He listens religiously every morning. I'm writing because my wife and I are in our early 40s and after years of living paycheck to paycheck, and incurring some large medical bills. We are finally debt-free. Woo, that's awesome. Credit scores are over 800. We're looking to buy our first home. We just had our first kid in October 2020. How great is that? However, we live in LA. Market's on fire. Should we continue to save while renting and wait until the market slows down? Or should we jump in as soon as possible so that we are not throwing money away on rent? Oh, Matt, you don't even know my theory on this. This is not throwing money away. Not at all. Okay. They make half a million dollars a year. How about that? And they've got $100,000 in online savings, emergency fund. They've got 70,000 in his work 401k, 200 in her work 401k. Oh my God, they're going to plan on taking a loan from their 401k to do the down payment on the house. uh, Mark just gave you the "Eh" sign and that's it. No way. This is a terrible idea. I want you to save money you're not borrowing money for your 401k for the home down payment. you got to save that money yourself. I know you don't, you feel like you're throwing your money away, $3,500 a month. No, you're not. You're not. You're doing the smart thing. You're being the methodical saver and investor and manager of your financial life. Okay? Really. I I, I want you to hear this, that you absolutely positively cannot borrow from your 401k to do this don't do it. The best use of your resources is save as much money as you can. So you can put money, your 20% down and put as much money as you can in your retirement accounts. That's it. Mark says that since you'll be making $550,000 starting in June, it should not take long for you to do this. I think it's probably because they, they were living paycheck to paycheck they had big medical bills and and you know what I mean so they probably used all of their money and their cash flow to pay off this debt and now they have the cash flow again so get going use the cash flow number one the money you save for the down payment keep it liquid number two max out those retirement accounts max out 19500. OK, uh, number three is you can then start to look for a house. Be patient. OK, he says he also wants to know that he comp- promises to complete his estate planning by 4th of July of this year. Good. Very good. I'm very happy about that. Uh, here's somebody, Natalie. She that <laughs> Her subject line is desperate for a house. I've never been desperate for anything in my life that's a uh, asset. Do you know that? I, I think I was desperate to get like a um an exercise bicycle in my home but that's about it all right Natalie let's get your let's get your situation down here she writes I love your book and your podcast I'm 37 my husband is 33. we live in la oh another la person we live in la we got married in October no kids want to start a family soon they make combined $170,000 a year. They have about $260,000 in their 401ks. They both contribute 10% of our, their income to their 401ks. So could you just max that out? Just do that. Like you're almost there. Just get to 19.5. Okay. I've also been funding an HSA for several years, $55,000 in cash, Seventy dollars in student loan debt, no credit card debt. I have a car that's paid off. We have one to two more payments on my husband's car, no other debt. One of my goals this year was to learn about investing. And after reading a few books, including yours, I just started our first brokerage account with Vanguard. Yay. We've got $3,000 in exchange traded funds right now. And that's a mix of total stock market and total bond market funds. Our plan is to consistently add money to that account. All right. You ready for this? We desperately want to buy a house. We were working with a mortgage lender earlier this year who ran our credit and said everything looked great to be approved, but the housing market is depressing and very expensive. So she says, after listening to the podcast, it seems that the expensive part is the case in a lot of places. Our plan is to move out of the city of Los Angeles into the suburbs, but Southern California is just so expensive. We can't move too far because while our jobs are remote now, they won't be permanently remote. Due to the competitive nature of the market, people are waiving the appraisal contingency to have their offer expen- accepted. A close friend just paid thirty grand over the appraised price to get into the home. Ten other home offers were rejected. Oh, God. In addition to us not having the cash to fund paying over appraised price plus a down payment and closing costs, it just seems insane to pay more than what a home is worth. Well, first of all, the, the what is you know what the home is worth? Forget about the assessed value. The home is worth what someone's going to pay for it. All right, so now you've just learned about supply and demand. Here's another one. I want is going to plan on using a 401k loan to help us fund a down payment. Awful, I know. Yeah, no, no, you're not going to do that. And no, don't waive the appraisal contingency. No, no, no. Just save. Just save. Everyone, calm down about the housing market. Why is everyone so desperate? I don't get that. Listen, the rules of a hot housing market are that if you can stay on the sidelines, then stay on the sidelines this is going to settle in. It's going to actually look more like a normal market. Do not feel the pressure there. You're putting the pressure on yourselves. Everyone listening here, like, come on. It's, it's crazy. It's not, it's not smart for you to do this. You need to really be much, you, see, you know, when you're in a mania, Mark, when we start to get all of those um, emails about like desperate, anxious, worry, you know, all that stuff. It's crazy. You don't have to pay over asking. You don't have to, and appraise value or whatever. It's like, okay, you know, just do what you've been doing. Let things settle in. It really, this is going to start to settle down. I really believe that. Okay. No borrowing from retirement accounts, ladies and gentlemen, please. No borrowing. Yeah. I mean, well, someone just said that to me. Someone said to me, well, you know, inflation's coming, so you can't lose on real estate. And I started laughing. I said, let me tell you how you can lose even if inflation comes. If you think that you're getting back to double digit inflation, you're wrong. If you buy an asset for too much money and inflation comes, it will not rescue you out of your bad investment. You're not buying this, the house that you're going to live in. It's not your investment. It's where you live. And so it's preposterous to think you're buying that as an asset, a bet against inflation, because you're not going to sell the house when we dip into the other side of the cycle. Nuts. NVTS nuts. Remember that from History of the World Part (laughs) 2? All right. That's it for the program. I'm probably going to get spanked for quoting Mel Brooks, but my gosh a master. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark Talercio is our executive producer. We are distributed by Cadence 13, and you should be washing your hands and wearing your masks and maintaining your physical distancing, and you very clearly should do something nice for someone else today. Don't forget our mantra of 2021. Grit, growth, grace. We'll talk to you tomorrow.